listening to Let's Think On It, featuring Dr. Mark Westfall. We're talking to uh, Professor Fournier, who's winner of the Professor of the Year for the Carnegie Foundation. So let me ask you this about, you know, public versus private school and mm-hmm. And you, now you, in fairness, you come from a private school, so you yeah. might have a little bias. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the um, the teaching experience from the student standpoint, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's been some concerns from the person that there was uh, there. I don't have to say it. There were some professors who weren't very good, mm-hmm. and so I went to a small school, and I felt like yeah. most of my professors were really good. I wondered mm-hmm. if it's because. There's fewer of them, so they can be more selective. And if at a larger school, there's just a lot more numbers, and so with numbers you get variety. I don't, yeah. you have any thoughts on that? It's part of it. I think part of it is the reward structure. Where at big research universities, you're rewarded for your research productivity, for your publications, and teaching is kind of an afterthought. And so at big uh, big state universities, I mean that's what people get rewarded for. And uh, it's you know, and being a good teacher is nice, but it's not a make or break part of their job. Whereas at a smaller school? At a smaller school, it matters more. Yeah, and it depends. You know, in a community college, it's all about teaching. At a place where I'm at, it's kind of a mix. It's a blend of, it's a blend of things where, you know, you can't um, just focus exclusively on your teaching. There are other things you have to do professionally. Um, but teaching is a much more important part of your job. Well, you, at Alabama, where, where uh, my son's going, you know, you've got the professors, but then usually who's teaching a class is, is some master's. You know, yeah, like some guy that's student, yeah, yeah that's graduate, graduate, graduate student assistant, assistant or whatever yeah. they call him, and and he complains because he he can't understand them half the time, or yeah. or they just can't connect, or they're just they throw a bunch of information out and and they can't grasp it, right? Yeah. So. and because most of them have very little training as well, it's kind of uh, thrown into the fire and right. let them teach. I know when I was an undergrad, I didn't really know the difference. You know, whoever was in front of the classroom in the tweed coat, that was the professor, right? And <laughs> You know, it could have been this graduate student who was incredibly nervous, um, you know, in front of these students and didn't know anything about teaching and was trying to to talk about intro to philosophy or something like that without any training at all. Yeah, it's kind of a ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the next question. Yeah. What do you was think, you know, the cost of education these days. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are questioning, starting to question the value. Yeah. And uh, I mean, obviously, the private schools are more expensive, but now mm-hmm. I'm hearing an argument that you might be getting what you're paying for at some of these institutions to some yeah. degree from a learning standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, how would you respond to a listener that said, "Hey, you know, how do I get the best uh, value mm-hmm. for a college education?" Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, depending on the school, it, it's easy to coast through, you know, and get a degree without putting in a whole lot of effort, uh, really without learning a whole lot. You know, so it really depends on a student, especially at a bigger school. I think they have to be really proactive about finding the right opportunities, actively searching out smaller classes, finding the right professors, um, you know, and, and being more proactive in their, their education. So you're saying a college student needs to be more proactive yeah. about learning. Yes. I'm hearing a problem. Well, I'm I'm telling you that one thing they are doing is they are making sure they get the professors that they want because there's online resources now, you know, that Mm -hmm. you can go out there and see how the professor was ranked and rated and all that by other students. And maybe you don't get the one you want, but you you don't get the one you don't want. So Mm -hmm. you're saying there's 
there's um, uh, information out there about the different professors that are offered, and you can avoid the ones that are need to be avoided. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. there's one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, rate my professor or something like yeah. that. Dot com. Yeah. A, and uh, you know, one I'm of the not, one I'm of the promoting that, but yeah, but one of the variables or the questions they ask is easiness. Oh. Know? Right, and so you know, one I think one is easy and five is hard, something like okay. that. You so. know. And well, so that's hey, while we're there, like, how do you how do you rate on that? Because I know you look at that. <laughs> I, um, I actually, on, on easiness, I hit a three, which I think is just about perfect on a scale of one to five. Okay, uh, okay. so I'm happy with a three yeah. for okay. uh, for that's easiness. Nice. <laughs> Does that mean you're almost hard, or does that mean you're almost easy? Um, that means I'm just right. In the, it's like yeah, go to box, <laughs> right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so they have they have access to all of that, and there's sort of an element of a popularity contest with those kinds of things, um, you know, because you think about teachers that mattered to you in the past, and you don't necessarily remember the easy ones, right? You yeah. remember the ones that challenge you, yeah, right? Absolutely. The ones that the ones that push you, the ones that sort of help you do things you didn't realize you could do. Those are the teachers you remember. You know, the easy ones they just kind of drift off and disappear. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I'm curious. This uh, director for uh, the Center for Teaching and Learning that you're director of. Yeah. Is there a movement to begin teaching professors how to teach before mm-hmm. they get, uh, as part of their curriculum and their graduate training? Is yeah. that a movement or not? Movement may be too strong a word ah. for it. I mean, there are some schools that have a certificate program that you can do and a series of things. Usually run through a school's teaching center where they can yeah. um, get a certificate and have, have that credential when they're looking for jobs. Um some departments will offer a course in teaching their subject, uh, things like that. But for the most part, no. I mean, uh, you know, a fourth grade teacher will have, you know, ten times the education training that a professor does, at least in how really? to teach. Yeah. So the, okay, so the the teachers who aren't professors, the actual teaching degree teaches yes. you how to yes. teach, but the professors who are right. supposed to have more knowledge right. don't get educated on how to teach. They, they have plenty of knowledge, but not about teaching. Right. Yeah. Wow, I, I, didn't, I, I don't think I really knew that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I well, mean, it's making sense to me now, but it's yeah. uh, that's a surprising so, take home. So, fact. A quick, quick thing um, on, on my side is that uh, when I was looking at getting out of the corporate world, I, I looked at being a teacher, mm-hmm. and I think I'm a pretty good teacher. You know, I've been a great mentor all my career, but I had to go back to about a year and a half's worth of teaching certificate kind of training to teach me how to teach. Yeah. And I found that kind of strange, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it sounds mm-hmm. like the college guys don't get that. The high school right. teachers maybe are getting that. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. You have to have a teacher certificate to teach, um, you know, kindergarten through high school. Yeah. And but, but you don't have a teaching certificate to be a professor. You just right. have to have a, a PhD right. in or, your area of expertise. Yeah. Huh. Just like the same thing at, as an MD, mm-hmm. um, the people teaching there are either PhD or MDs. N- nobody went to school to get a teaching certificate. You just learn your field, and then you know yeah. somehow they're supposed to be able to transfer that That's right. magically. That's right. Hmm. So, well, um, I'm going to change directions a little bit. Let's go to teaching experiences okay. um, uh, in our lives. Um, first, start off with uh, Professor Fournier. Okay. Who would you say has most influenced you uh, from kindergarten through <laughs> through PhD? Uh, who well, who do you remember the most? What teacher inspires you? There are a lot. 
that you that you borrow little bits and pieces from. I can think of a, of a fifth grade teacher, Miss um, Long, and I remember being in her class and having her sort of make me feel like I was smart. <laughs> I guess um, my mother suspected it for a long time, but uh, <laughs> but it was the first time you know that, that a teacher kind of made me feel that way. And I've kind of remembered her since since then, and, that, and that's really cool. And then uh, getting to high school, I had an English professor, Bob Libby, who I'm still in touch with um, now, who was uh, just a great role model and another one who really pushed you to say, you know what, that you can really do some amazing things. It really encouraged you. And at the same time, uh, in high school, a football coach, um, our head football coach, uh, Coach Landry, was an amazing coach who could make uh, you know somebody who's five feet eight feel like a giant. Uh, <laughs> Did you play play for the Dallas Cowboys? Almost. Tom, Tom <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, not that, not not rela- no relation, I don't think, but uh, but a terrific coach. And I, I remember him and you know his lessons about you know discipline and hard work and things like that. That all football coaches say, but that's really stuck with me over the years. Well, and that's you know a great point. I mean, teaching and and Jeff, you talked about your mentoring uh, through your um, corporate world. Um, teaching takes place in lots of places besides the classroom, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 many times, um, some of the most important things, lessons we learn, are not in the classroom. But I think what um, I'm hoping, and what I suspect happens in your classroom, is that there's a blend of you know important stuff that ma- that, that stuff that matters happens in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I had a I had a um, a high school uh, teacher who was just spectacular um bob collier and he made it was it was um chemistry and Mm -hmm. you know that's not engaging stuff (laughs) but you know he really made it engaging and he would Mm -hmm. we would have uh and he he could kind of feel his class out he could read when we were kind of getting a little bit saturated and so he'd he'd have a day where he'd say well we're not doing chemistry today we're going to talk about you know uh, uh, something, a current event that's in the news, and we mm-hmm. we just talk about something besides chemistry for a day, and he really made you feel um, like you there was a quest for more knowledge, mm-hmm. and it didn't have to be specifically about chemistry, and he made you feel you know welcome and comfortable in his class, um, mm-hmm. and really inspired you to want to do well for him. Yeah. So um, you know how do you how does one inspire a student um, you know in in, in your mm-hmm. In your, uh, yeah, you know, it's field. it's funny. Like when I was an undergrad, we're still talking thing about memorable teachers, and I had this one guy who taught modern American history, and absolutely spellbinding lectures, where he would start and just spin these tales and just pull you at the time into the nineteen fifties and sixties, and you were you know marching in Chicago and protesting the Vietnam War, and you're you're with him, you know that that he's just brilliant storyteller. And so I took another class with him, uh, a small seminar, and he was awful. That he had no interpersonal skills at all. He was a performer. Uh-huh. All right? That he could get in front of a big lecture hall and perform these set pieces about the riots in Chicago in 1968. But when it came down to interacting with people, he was, he was terrible. And so there was, a, there was a lesson there that, you know, not everybody has the same strengths as a teacher. You know, some people do really well one-on-one working with students. Others are more of that... The, for lack of a better word, entertainer. Uh huh. You know, and you need all you, sorts. You need some. Ele- you need elements of all those things. Yeah. yeah. Wh- which one are you? Um, <laughs> probably somewhere in between. He's a three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, because I do a mix. You know, the the um, I don't do really big classes at Sam. My biggest class has about sixty students, and so pretty you know decent size, but not a big lecture hall with three hundred people. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so do you? Can you connect with all sixty of those students throughout the year? Uh, I, I try to learn their names pretty quickly, and um, you which literally makes them, know their names. Most of them. It makes them nervous, but yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes yeah. me nervous trying to come up with their names every time. Uh-huh. You know, because you got to remember. Yeah, for their, I've got I've got a chart and, and oh, pictures okay. and stuff. So okay. there's yeah, okay. yeah, there's ways to do that. But that's part of the connection, and part of it. Um, you know, I taught as an adjunct at another university not too far from here and um it was night class and um just routinely learned the students names and one student came up to me after said you're the first professor in three years who's ever known my name wow and uh yeah and that is a pretty small school right i mean you got hmm? samford yeah uh you know yeah there's five thousand students and you know my classes range from you know 15 to 60 students yeah, my, my point is i mean Another professor should have known the student's name. No, th- this was at the university I was teaching. Oh, at, I'm sorry, at, I missed that. At, a, at another university okay. in town. Gotcha. Yeah. Not to be named. Not to be not to be named. Yeah. <laughs> Voldemort University. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, professor, it's been a delight having you here. Yeah. Uh, you've shared some wonderful things, and um, we hope to have you back as, another, as a guest in the future again. Yeah, I'd be delighted to talk about it. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, you you obviously have done this a time or two, so um, you've done a great job. So right. thank you very much. Well, thanks. Glad to be here. All right. All right. See you around. Thanks, guys. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers.